0: Welcome to the Tim Price Christian Life and Leadership Podcast. I'm thankful you're listening today, and I want to talk about a few lessons I have learned from a couple decades of including people in ministry. I'll be sharing those in just a moment.
1: Welcome to the Christian Life and Leadership Podcast with Tim Price. The purpose of this podcast is to help strengthen the church, build more effective leaders, and encourage your walk with the Lord. We'd be honored to have you share and rate this podcast, and if we can be of help to you, please reach out to us at timpriceblog.com podcast. Let's head over to today's show starting now.
0: Well, it makes me feel a little old to say decades in plural, but literally since I graduated from high school and even during high school, I have thought about ways to include people. And... It started with just the idea of making sure that I was thinking about helping people, and that really has never stopped. So just a little bit of backstory here. As I was a high school student, I mowed yards. I mowed a lot of them. And for two or three years in there, I mowed more than 20 uh, different people's homes each summer, and a couple of those included our church. So I don't know how they figured out the numbers, but it was 20 or more. And I enjoyed people's stories. And I even often scheduled the Burns home for the last of the day so that I could sit on their patio and visit over lemonade after mowing. They actually requested that, and so I obliged, and it was always fun. I enjoyed including even people whenever I was uh, in high school doing that job. In fact, I invited other people to help me mow yards and to help me with other projects that people would ask me to do whenever I was involved in in cutting their grass. And I would also involve people in going on trips or or organizing things around the house. I would invite people to go to um, trips with the student ministry or whenever it came time to clean up an area of the house, when my parents were asking us to do that, I and my younger siblings would um, do it quickly and often because I would create some kind of game out of it and try to include them in and make it more fun. So maybe I learned it from my granny. I'm not sure. Whenever I showed up at her house, the including would come in right after the typical greetings. Oh, I'm so glad to see you. It's so good to see you. You look so good today. Hey, you're tall. Could you come help me get this clock down and change the batteries? Some might say she was making other people work, but I sort of thought of it as including. When you show up to somebody's home, it's, you know, if it's your grandma, it's one thing you feel at home either way, but if it's, In another setting, you often can feel like you're not sure what your place is. And if somebody immediately says something really simple and benign, like, hey, could you help me get this down? Well, that is an amazing way to include people. So I've experienced many connections and I've learned a lot what motivates people uh, to serve as I've worked uh, later on in life in music and worship with rotating bands and rotating team members and ministry and mission teams in general, both in the church and alongside the church. And I've been doing that since the early 1990s, which is why I guess I can add the S to the decades. Well, at our church, I've been the primary leader for volunteers in worship and hospitality. And in those arenas, you need a lot of workers and servants each and every week. Sundays seem to roll around at a really quick pace. Every seven days, you're planning for roughly 40 to 60 sort of slots for people to be involved. I don't like to use the word slots because some people think of that in terms of just fill the slots with everybody you can find, but it's deeper than that. It's, it's more needed than that, and it's, it's got a, a more impact in people's lives than just names on lines of where people need to serve. So thankfully, the Lord gave me the needed prep for these roles. One, the heart behind inviting people. It really is more than warm bodies. It's giving people the opportunity to use their gifts to make a kingdom difference while growing in skill and friendship, community, and successful and effective ministry. So once again, inviting people is not just filling in warm bodies and filling up the blank slots. It's giving people that you love the opportunity to use their gifts to make a kingdom difference while growing in skill, friendship, community, and successful and effective ministry. On the other side of that equation, with Harvest Ministry, I'm part of this mission which which uh, invites young adults to serve in ministry and other adults as well to lead ministry for the next generation. And I've done that now since 1996 and I've had a lot of opportunities to include people, invite people, and participate with people in ministry. It's been uh, life-giving, it's been awesome, and I've loved it. And another side of the coin for Harvest Ministry has been the invitation to people to partner with us in support raising for continued effective work. So we're grateful for the many people who have our backs, literally our financial backing. Their support allows us to continue being a light to the next generation through music and ministry all year long. And inviting people and kind of in parentheses here, receiving people to join us is an awesome endeavor that has been a joy for all these many years. Now I add that receiving people, because in many ways, I feel like we are just a catalyst. We're a vessel for God really to call people. And when people respond, part of our ministry is to receive them. And so God is working in their heart. We don't have some magical formula for inviting people. We can have good strategies and, you know, ask well and ask in advance and make sure people understand the end goal and and their freedom to do it the best way they see it and give them the right tools and all the many number of ways that we, in a sense, delegate and and offer people to take on responsibility. But probably our biggest factor is that we receive the people that God is sending to us. And we do it well by inviting them in, including them, and giving them opportunity to serve. So here's just a short list of things I've learned about people. One People like to be needed and asked. They like to help out when their gifts align with the need. Number two, people like to enter the story and experience success. I've noted this year after year with Harvest Ministry team members as we learn songs and learn ministry and um, prepare for reaching out to kids and students and leaders all over the, the state. And I've just learned that when all those things come together, and students are worshiping and responding at the altar and responding to the message and and connected to us relationally, that there is a whole bunch of excitement around the fact that we have entered into this story of sharing God's love with people in this long history of being people who are carrying the message of Jesus, and we experience the success of that, the joy of it. So number three, people like to be noticed and thanked. And that's a big thing for me, is to make sure that we notice that people are doing things, that we sort of just, in some ways, even make rounds with those folks when we're serving at a specific time to not just say, thanks to all of you, or great job, everyone. It's more like walking along somebody and saying, man, I really noticed that you were able to take this to the next level, or or your um, ability to put these details together just really is about the best I've ever seen, or whatever you want to do like that. They want to be noticed, and they want to be thanked. All right, number four, people like to give their opinion and be heard. One of the best questions you can ask your leaders around you, the volunteers who are serving with you or people who are working with you in whatever capacity, is just to say, what do you think? Or for some people, you might get to know them a little better and realize you can't really talk about thinking so much. You have to say, what do you see? And when you ask one of those questions, what do you see or what do you think? then you're going to get some responses from those who are right there in the trenches with you. And then number five, I think we're on. People like to share stories and have an audience. And the reason I know this is because I love to have an audience, to have somebody who is willing to listen, who asks a good question and opens the door for me to share some kind of experience or story or thing that I've heard and of course, I don't want to wear anybody out with that. My wife, I think I sometimes do, and I appreciate her resilience and, and, and uh, grace all these years and in my liking to talk and share stories and things that I've learned. But I've learned because of that that I can also be an audience for people. Whenever I show up at a ministry event where we've um, assembled a team of eight to 15 people and we're all hanging out, getting ready for the day or the week or whatever it is, it's awesome to be able to say, Hey, what's been going on this week? And they share a story. Oh, well, actually, I I uh, had something go wrong at my house with basement flooded or whatever the case is. And then I say, Oh man, what happened with that? And then I am an audience, and they have an opportunity to share the story. It can also be not just uh, you know superficial things. It can be deeper things, faith things. We want to make sure that we are opening the door to ask each other how it is with our walk with the Lord. How is our soul doing? And so people want to share those stories. All right, I think we're on number six now. One, two, three, four, five, six. I didn't actually number these in the blog post that you could take a look at at timpriceblog.com. But number six is people will give their all when they understand the why behind the invitation, the calling, and what it is they're trying to accomplish. And number seven is people don't commit to institutions. They commit To people. So if we are signing people up to serve in ministry, most often I have learned that they are connected to someone. If I ask somebody to do something, then based on our relationship, it's more than just hitting them up to volunteer. It's more than just, hey, I needed somebody. It's really, we are friends. We're following Jesus together. And can you help me with this? I'm happy to help you when you need help. We're going to make this happen. And I need more than just me to do this. There's no way I could do this on my own. I always think of that with kids' ministry. There's no way one kids' ministry leader can lead a thriving children's ministry. It's going to take a lot of adults to do that. Same with church camps, same with student ministry, same with almost any ministry you can think of. It requires a group of people. And I think that's why Jesus pulled in his disciples. One, primarily to pass it on, to teach them, to help them learn, to help them grow. But two, I think Jesus wanted to model to us that even Jesus himself didn't do a solo ministry. So we wanna make sure that we are building relationships with people so that we can do ministry together. They're gonna commit to us, not the name of the organization. And that's just the way that it is.
1: Harvest Ministry Teams, the sponsor of this podcast, has been in existence since 1996 with the mission to go out to sing, serve, and share the love of Christ and to raise up the next generation of ministry leaders and Christian disciples. In case you haven't experienced Harvest before, check out our music at harvestministrieteams.com/music. We have worship songs, kids songs, instrumental albums, and more on Spotify, YouTube, and Amazon. Thank you.
0: A lot more items could definitely be added to this list, but I'll just stop here. Friendships, connections, and ministries have seasons, and that's the last thing I want to share today about what I've learned over the decades. No one should be afraid of changing seasons. Our our hope and our our uh, saving grace, in a lot of ways, is that God never changes. We are always grateful to God's grace and steady presence in our lives. And we are always and will always be connected to our brothers and sisters in Christ, whether or not we are in the same ministry roles together. So for some people, I think they might get discouraged with all this including and inviting and asking people to use their gifts to serve in kingdom ministry. It can be discouraging at times when things kind of change, somebody quits or somebody wants to change. I could talk about that a long time too. You want to build a culture of giving people the opportunity to shift gears, to do something different and with, with no harm done with everybody still intact and everybody happily moving forward. But I do know this. I have worked with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And many of those people are in my life right now. They have, you know, passed by, we've crossed paths somewhere in the past. And, and if I just sat around and wallowed in the fact that, Oh man, we used to have this group and we used to have this person. And now it's all changed. We have new people always be focused on who you have and who God is sending you and stay in constant celebration of those who have gone with you before. They've helped build, they've helped increase your level of faithfulness. They've helped be a part of your life. They've been friends, they've been family, they've been co-workers. and they are still brothers and sisters in Christ, whether or not you have a chance to talk very often or not. And so ministries have seasons and teams have seasons. And so one of the best things I've learned is not to get all upset or afraid because seasons are changing, teams are changing, and people are using their gifts in different ways. So for each person listening to this podcast who is among my circle of those who participate in ministry with me, whether you are giving to Harvest, whether you are part of ministry with Harvest, whether you are part of the ministry at our church in Troy serving in kids or students or worship or hospitality or any of the areas that I oversee here as I record this podcast, I want to give you a big thank you and a big shout out to all 117 of you. I am so thankful for the ways that you are using your gifts to serve in the kingdom. It's a privilege and a joy for me to partner alongside you, to walk with you. I appreciate your willingness to work with me even in my slightly haphazard and disorganized state and sometimes unself awareness of the fact that I even am walking in that. But you pull things together anyway, you make it happen. There's a lot of smiles, a lot of joy, and I'm so thankful. So I'm looking forward to including more people in ministry in some way or another. And I realize as I write this post and record this podcast, I am halfway point between zero and a hundred in life, and there's a good chance that I will probably be inviting and including and pulling people in to serving in ministry roles uh, until I retire or pass on. And so I'm thankful for God's uh, leading in my life and in my heart. I should have looked it up. There's another podcast I have, I think, on the Worship Leader Toolbox where I talk about always being in the mode of, of inviting and asking people to serve. And for whatever reason, that has come natural, and I praise God for that. Thank you for listening, and for all the people in your life who are alongside you in partnering for ministry and for serving together, be sure to reach out to them today in some way. Send them a note, send them a text, send them a thank you card, and say, really appreciate your part in, in serving and in kingdom work with me. All right, well, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast, and looking forward to uh, speaking together next time.